Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to The World in 10 with me, Laura Cook, and Toby Gillis today, bringing you the global news agenda from the Times of London's on-the-ground correspondence every day in just 10 minutes. And that on-the-groundness is particularly relevant today as we tackle the misinformation around the Israel-Palestine conflict as well as analyse the real risk of escalation. It was only two days ago on the World in 10 that we addressed the possibility that the Israel-Palestine war could spread across the Middle East if a delicate balance isn't struck by the Israelis and its allies. It was the reason we were told that both sides were keen to keep Iran out of the situation, at least publicly, because a war with them was a whole different ballgame. Today, though, Iran has made that threat themselves, insisting continued or escalated bombardment of the Palestinian people by Israel may well be enough for other countries in the region to take action themselves. Yeah, so Iran's foreign minister is in Lebanon, where he met his Lebanese counterpart, as well as the prime minister and the head of another entity prescribed terror status in the UK and US, Hezbollah. Hossein Amir Abdullahian called Israel's response to Hamas's terror attack last weekend war crimes. Even so, Israel continues to build a force on the border of Gaza that appears ready for a ground offensive at any moment. They actually argue that they're giving enough warning to avoid killing civilians, having suggested that the 1.1 million people living in the north migrate southwards, although the suggestion was that there was just 24 hours for them to do so. The Times Middle East correspondent Louise Callahan told Times Radio it's that time frame that's left Israel open to criticism. A lot of people in Gaza would say that this is completely disingenuous. And that's also roughly what the UN is saying. They're saying that this is not possible, that there is absolutely no way that all of these civilians can be moved to safety. I mean, I've lost contact with most of the people that I'm speaking to in Gaza, because as well as the blockade on medicine, food and water, there is a blockade on information. The communication lines have largely been cut. There is little electricity. People can't charge their phones. However, what they are saying is that this feels like the end. What's interesting there from Louise is that it partly explains the rise in false and misleading narratives around the war, which have been appearing online. Of course, there's still huge demand for information, but in the absence of opportunity for real-life first-hand accounts, what are described as bad actors are there to fill the void. And it makes it almost impossible to be sure that what you're looking at, and of course maybe even sharing on social media, is factual. Now, it's tough enough for you out there to know what's true or what's not. And imagine being a journalist whose whole reputation is staked on every word they speak or write. Louise Callahan has addressed this too. The first casualty of war is truth. 
all actors lie. That is just what happens. It is our job to try and sift through that, to try and find the truth, verify as far as is possible within a really, really fast moving information environment. There is so much misinformation that I see all the time being posted on social media. There's videos that I've seen of atrocities, which I recognize from when I was covering the war in Syria. I know who those people are in these videos. You know, they're not the people who are slaughtered now. The atrocities that were perpetuated by Hamas need no exaggeration. And the suffering of civilians in Gaza at the moment needs no exaggeration. What is happening is horrifying enough. I think it's fair to say, Laura, we find what Louise said there incredible. Absolutely. And it's why it's so important to the Times that we are on the ground bringing you first-hand insight into what's going on. Indeed. And we're also not naive enough to think that you're only getting your news from the times.co.uk digital subscription. So we spoke to Imran Ahmed, the chief executive of Countering Digital Hate, who said there's a way to be confident of what you're seeing, even if you don't totally trust the outlets that you've seen it in. If you are worried about the source of information that you get, Social media is literally the the worst possible place you could go to because you have no idea if it's a bad actor or if it's just the platform is feeding you the stuff that emotionally it knows gets you going. And that quite often can be false information. Instead, what they should be doing is looking at a range of legitimate news source to try and eliminate bias as much as possible. So what they're getting is the common currents that underpin everything. Of course, The Times and Times Radio will continue bringing you up-to-date and accurate information from on the ground in the Middle East as the situation, let's be clear, becomes ever more grave. Now, I like a bit of Candy Crush every now and then. Oh. Toby? Yeah, no. Nah. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, you might have heard some big business news today in the world of gaming and wondered, I'm a gamer, what the hell does it all mean for me? Well, fear not, we're here to tell you, because today sees the end of a roller coaster ride for Microsoft and the UK regulator. Now, Times business presenter Dominic O'Connell explains what was at stake. Microsoft wanted to buy Activision. It was going to pay $68 billion. Activision makes Call of Duty and a bunch of other popular games. But the UK competition regulator, the Competition and Markets Authority, said no, because we think that Microsoft will, in the future, have a dominant position in cloud computing, where games are played or stored in the cloud rather than on, played mainly on a console. So basically... For 15 years, Ubisoft gets the cloud gaming rights. And after that time, it's basically hoped that rivals will have caught up and the sector will be more competitive. But with all of this complicated dealings going on, the UK's regulator, the Competition Markets Authority, was was a bit of a lone wolf in blocking it. It came in for some serious flack. Microsoft's president, Brad Smith, said the decision was bad for Britain and claimed that the country was closed for business. But Times Technology editor Katie Prescott says the way the CMA's boss responded was fascinating. What Sarah Cardell said this morning is that the CMA would not be swayed by corporate lobbying. And she said businesses really need to be, you know, to to watch out that they and their advisors don't try and put political pressure on the CMA because it's an independent body. But actually, our job is to look at competition issues and whoever you are, political lobbying isn't going to cut it for us. To 
the Spanish women's football row now. And for one key protagonist, the opportunity to move on has been offered and taken. Yes, so this is the situation of Georges Wilder, the man who coached the team to the World Cup back in August. He's taken on the same role in charge of the Moroccan national team, despite question marks hanging over his head from the situation involving his former boss kissing a player without her consent, but also from before that tournament too. Wilder's been under scrutiny since last year, when 15 Spain players boycotted the national team, citing a toxic culture. He said his sacking was unfair and undeserved after beating England in the final, and has also denied pressuring Jenny Hermoso into publicly downplaying the kiss by Luis Rubiales. Yeah, all of this hasn't put off Morocco, though. Times football writer Molly Hudson says this development is a shock, especially as they've actually sacked their very own successful coach in order to recruit him. Morocco made history as one of the debutants at the World Cup. They managed to get to the last 16. Actually, Renel Pedro will probably feel quite harshly done by. Regardless of what has happened with Jorge Wilder, there, there is always that name factor, the fact that he has won a World Cup and that will be on his CV forever now. He is under investigation as as part of the Luis Rubiales case, but it, it is a shame that when there are so many talented coaches around that perhaps Jorge Wilder's reputation in terms of what he's won will precede a lot of them. Friday the 13th today. Ooh. So this is a fitting story with which to end. Laura, does that does it bother you? Any superstitions? Well, I didn't think I had, but actually I put the label in my uh, pillows and my duvets in the bottom left-hand corner. <laughs> and it has to be there. That's very strange. <laughs> 13, though, it's definitely considered unlucky in many cultures, including in the UK. So what about... House number 13. Would you ever live there? If it's my dream home, probably. (laughs) Well, you might be able to afford it because of this. Apparently, it is a genuine issue in the UK because houses with the number 13 are properly putting buyers off. So number 13 owners are losing, on average, almost five and a half grand when they sell their homes compared with the same house on the same street that happens not to be number 13. Yeah, so it sounds like there are number 13 bargains to be had. If I'm honest, I'd take it and then pocket the extra cash. Yeah, almost as bargainous as this always free podcast <laughs> of which you can get another episode oh, tomorrow. Oh, you're genius. See you then.